high and the mighty will fall. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Happy New Year. You're listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. Delighted to have my guest and my old buddy Larry Long on for the whole show tonight as we kick off the year 2024. And the Wall of Power Radio Hour in just a few months will be celebrating our 10th anniversary. So we've got a great guest in uh, the lineup to our 10th anniversary. First show of 2024. Larry Long is a singer-songwriter, poet, storyteller, performer, educator, and activist. Author Studs Terkel called Long a true American troubadour. When Pete Seeger was told that Larry is often referred to as the Pete Seeger of Minnesota, Pete replied, I would be honored to be called the Larry Long of New York. It doesn't get any better than that. Here, a man I've known for and played with for uh, on and off for over 40 years, Mr. Larry Long. Larry, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Paul. I just want to thank you so much for having me on your show. And congratulations for 10 years. Yeah, it's been fun. I I enjoy it. And uh, it enables me to get, uh, you know, my motto for my shoulder is, cool people from all walks of life in all 50 states, and you certainly are in that category. The other thing, what's nice about having your own show, is you can have friends of yours on, which is what we're doing tonight. And you've got a couple of great projects out. Let's start with the uh, the re-release of your 1987 record, Sweet Thunder. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it was released originally on Flying Fish and Ronda Records, and then I was able to um, to get the rights to all of my recordings back. And this recording has never been released on digital platforms. Um, it's been out of print for a long time. And so I'd, uh, I built a partnership with Rock the Cause and Larry Long Music through Sony Orchard Music to get everything up online. And so Sweet Thunder at last finally got re-released in it's like a brand new record. These folks have never really heard it. You know what? It's uh, interesting you should say that, Larry, because uh, uh, I can't remember if Scotty Harold, the head of Rock the Cause, is a great guy. I've worked with him uh, on and a lot, off yeah. for several years. He's a great guy. If he sent it to me or if you sent it to me, but I was listening to it and I was so knocked out by the actual the, the audio quality and the warm sound of it. Then when I'm looking at the um, at the credits, I go, well, of course, this makes complete sense. It was recorded at Steve Weiss's Creation Studio, engineered by none other than Chopper Black and the great <laughs> Lynn Peterson, and uh, yeah. produced by Billy Peterson and yourself, Larry Long, features musicians like Claudia Schmidt, Michael Johnson, Bruce Kernow, Dave Carr, Leo Katke, Peter Ostrusko, and uh, Billy Peterson, and more. So how can it not be anything but a really stellar project? So I'm really, uh, I don't remember hearing it when it first came out, uh, but it, it really, the songs are great. The the fidelity is phenomenal. So five stars on Black and Lynn to thank for that, especially Chopper. We, we just slaved over this. It was a labor of love. I'm really grateful, and... And Billy Peterson, of course, uh, the genius of, of Billy P. He brought in uh, Michael Johnson and Leo Kaki into it, and and that really transformed the record, I would say. 
Well, not only does Billy Peterson, as uh, one of the best bass players in the world, uh, and a great producer, but he's also got a pretty cool Rolodex. So it was uh, it was cool when I saw that uh, Leo and Michael Johnson, may he rest in peace, played on your record. It must have been a lot of fun seeing those guys walk through the Creation Studio doors. It was it was just wonderful, and you know, like and they're just wonderful people. They're good yeah. people with good hearts, and and Michael, you know, as you said, God rest his soul. What a gentle, kind heart. And master yeah. guitar player besides a vocalist. And Very kind of human being and miss him greatly. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, so how many? So you were on Flying Fish Rounder, I believe. You have a you had a, a record or two on Smithsonian. Is that am I correct, have, there, Larry? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have three recordings on Smithsonian Folkways. Wow. Um, one actually. Uh, I was put into a compilation of children music, and I have a song in that collection along with Woody Guthrie and Huddy Leadbelly and Cisco Houston and Pete Seeger. So um, it was it was released by Smithsonian Folkways in like 2001. So I'm I'm very honored by that. Well, that's 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 pretty good company, uh, Larry. It brings me to my next question. Uh, who is your first, who is your, the, the, of the biggies you just mentioned, who is your first major influence, Woody Guthrie or Pete Seeger? It was definitely Woody Guthrie. I okay. mean, it was through, it was through Bob Dylan, of course, um, you know, listening to his early records, Freewheeling and that stuff. And then, then I, when I heard a, his uh, song for Woody, uh, I got drawn to Woody, and I actually picked up the book Bound for Glory. And it was really through the book of Bound for Glory that I got, I, I kind of dedicated my life to this tradition because I had a lot of tragedies when I was young, and Woody had a lot of tragedies when he was young. And Woody came out of it with the slogan, uh, you know, we're born to win, we're not born to lose. And I needed to hear that at that time of my adolescence. And, and so how, I just started out with so, a guitar to do it, yeah. So how old were you at that point, Larry? Well, my father passed when I was 12, and uh, I picked up the guitar shortly after. And I um, I think I could have read Bound for Glory when I was 14. Okay. And uh, it transformed my life. And, you know, out of that, um, you know, I dedicated a lot of my life to that tradition and I actually went to Okima, Oklahoma and I'm the person that brought Woody Guthrie home with children of Oklahoma in 1987 and that recording is going to be re-released soon. There was a live recording from Okima, Oklahoma, Woody's hometown recorded on December 1st, 1988. So and tell um, us about, uh, yeah, because I, I've always had such admiration for you, Larry Long, for bringing... Uh, Woody, Woody's legacy, life, and uh, travels back to his hometown of Okima. What was that journey like? Because it wasn't all roses, correct? Well, none of this is roses, right? Life is a struggle. <laughs> and um, well, I, I get and, that. And to, but <laughs> I get no, but you know, you know, I I was so much younger then, and um, and when I went into Okima, Oklahoma, I'd actually was first brought into Tulsa, Oklahoma, to sing for uh, for Woody Guthrie tribute. 
as part of the Mayfest celebration in 1980. And then the folks there in Oklahoma really, they adapted me. They thought that what I was doing was in, in the Woody tradition. And, and I got sent out all over the state of Oklahoma to the State Arts Board to actually write songs with youth in the tradition of Woody Guthrie. And, uh, and so I circled Okima over a three, four year period working in these Dust Bowl towns. And eventually when I came into Okima, I had built enough of a good reputation in the state that the local principal, uh, uh, Dr. Larry McKinney, um, took me right under his wing and said, we want to do it here. And I, time that we bring Woody home. And so through the good graces of, of Dr. Larry McKinney and other local folks like Olin Edwards and, and Carolyn Price, remarkable good people with the same sense of humor of Woody. Because Woody Guthrie, his lyrics and humor came right from the heart of that red dirt of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And he has, and the, and the people of Okima were cracking jokes like Woody. And I was just laughing all the time because because they're funny and they're really, really good people. And um, and so anyway, um, it was really th- through working with the children that we were able to do it because there were there were a couple of folks who were really opposed to bringing Woody home, a banker and a mortician who I who I met and one I became friends with. But but I had to sleep with one eye open. I was afraid a rifle would be drawn and uh, and put me out of my my misery because. Uh, it got pretty intense. Um, I, I have very large archives of this whole thing. I'm not writing a memoir to include it, but I became a target of a lot of people's vengeance once I succeeded in this celebration. Well, so it, was, it was kind of tough. Because they uh, they all considered him a crazy communist. And getting back to your uh, the uh, concept of Woody's humor, I always loved his line. He said, uh, I'm not a communist, but I've been in the red most of my life. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to listen to Larry Long's song, Road to Freedom, right now. we got Mr. Long on for the whole show tonight (laughs) on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Can't hold what love 
talk of war Or we'll lose Let us sing Let us choose To bridge the walls to freedom Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. My guest on for the whole show tonight, my old buddy, Larry Long. We ended uh, the first set with a song of his called Road to Freedom off his new digitally remastered record, Sweet Thunder, originally came out on Flying Fish Ronda Records in 87. That song featured, I believe, not only the guitar uh, but the vocal of the late, great Michael Johnson. Larry, tell us about the song and playing with Michael. Uh, boy, playing with Michael. I mean, you can tell from that song and the clarity of the, of the notes that ring out that he was known often. Um, he became well-known as a country singer, but his guitar playing comes out of classical flamingo style of playing on a nylon string guitar. And, uh, Billy, you know, what you hear on that is, is Billy's upright bass and, and Michael's guitar playing and then his sublime harmony, you know, with me on the chorus. Um, you know what? Uh, you know, Larry, when I, you know, I listen, I've listened to almost the whole record. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it, but it's, uh, your you, your voice is really sounds good, and you really sound like a young Larry Long. <laughs> I, mean that a, I mean that in a good way, you know. At my age, my seven note range is now down to four or five. Um, <laughs> so it was nice to hear your uh, mellifluous yeah. sounds and your voice back then. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Thank was you. this a, was this a fun record to revisit for you, Larry? Extraordinary, and and also the songs where they come from they come out of a very deep place. Because in the in the nineteen eighties, I was on the road almost three hundred sixty five days a year, and I was not only traveling the entire United States performing, but Road to Freedom was written when I was invited to perform in Berlin, and I performed in both. East Berlin and West Berlin. And um, I wrote this song while on a train to Leipzig, which was in the German Democratic Republic or East Germany. And on the line in the song, uh, one verse that I wrote, wrote, we have been to both sides. Walls can't hold what love 
won't hide, power talks, paper, uh, no, papers talk, powers lie. People, we know their road to freedom, we're on that road to freedom. And um, it was a really a call out to the good people that were on the east side of the wall, and, uh, and, and gratefully that wall came tumbling down. But during that time I was there, the East German uh, government, they had like one record company, and they wanted to release my first album called Living in the Rich Man's World. And I was negotiating with them from their office, and right outside their window was the Berlin Wall. Hmm. And, and, and I said, well, I would be happy to have it released in your country if I can control the liner notes. <laughs> right, right, right. And they said, why would you want to do that? <laughs> yeah, nine, and nine. Said, <laughs> I, I said, because, because one is I love my country. I, I don't necessarily love everything my country does. But I'm going home. <laughs> right, no doubt. Hey, what? Uh, tell us a little about riding the rails with uh, Fiddlin' Pete. Oh, man. Um, I mean, Fiddlin' Pete's going to be with us at the Dakota Jazz Club on January 13th. He's flying in from from California to join us uh, with Michael Bland on the drums and Jacqueline Alton on cello and Liz Draper on bass and uh, Robert Robertson and all that stuff. But anyway... Pete and I in our 20s, um, we hit the rails. We traveled out west, and we. Uh, and I remember one time we were, uh, and we were playing music from town to town. You know, we'd show up, find an American Legion hall or VFW, and just start playing on the barroom floor. And people would take us in sometimes for one or two months, and then I would write songs and write songs out on paper bags and with magnets. <laughs> hook the lyrics onto the refrigerators and we'd leave town. And, and we had just, people were so gracious and it was the working class people that took us in. Um, a lot of poor folks, working people, miners, lumberjacks, you know, your rank and file people, which has really became kind of the foundation, I would say, of my life work is loyalty to those people with those generous hearts, you know, that, that took us in, gave us a place to stay when we were down and out. But we were in Missoula trying to hitchhike out, and we couldn't catch a ride. So we went into the freight yards to hop a freight. And the yard bull came up and said, told us to get the, you know, to get out. And then we looked at him and said, would you like to hear the Orange Blossom special? Hey, <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> and, we, and we pulled out the guitar. He pulled out his fiddle. <laughs> Wow. He played the Orange Blossom special. He was so lit up. We were done. He goes, look, don't tell anybody I told you this, but that's the train you want to get on. And he goes, <laughs> and that's the box car you want to get in. And here's a here's a piece of wood to pound into the door so that it slams shut when it goes over the Great Divide. Now wow. get your ass in there and lay down. And we hopped <laughs> in. <laughs> and we took off, man. And, and as we were crossing intersections, I had my dog with me. Uh, wow! A dog name. A dog's name was Dubious, and the late David Carr uh, gave me an award for the best named dog in the Twin Cities. And um, <laughs> and and we faked fistfights <laughs> in front of intersections like we were in a cartoon. And I never forget <laughs> kids in the back seat of their parents' car watching us and their eyes lit up they're pointing their finger and you could see him scream dad dad look at those guys wow 
And then we went up, man, over the Great Divide, and it was the most sublime, beautiful um, panorama of, of this beautiful land that we have in the United States. Look, and then going over bridges that, you know, that were that didn't have any reeling, so I could look down a thousand feet into river gorges. And then wow. going through tunnels that were over a mile long. And it was, uh, it was extraordinary. But when that train came to a, a stop in Oregon, it shifted from the Burlington Northern to the Union Pacific. And the Burlington Northern has a history of being far more gracious to hobos and bums, you know. Mm-hmm. But the Union Pacific does not have that history. And, uh, we tried to hop a freight south and then, we got slammed out of the freight yards, and uh, and was back to our thumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's something that. So that's uh, one of the stories. Yeah. Yeah, that's something you really have to kind of do as a young man, right? Of course, of course. Yeah. And you know, you know, we grew up in an era that it was so much easier to do that, Paul. You know, yeah. was, you know, this generation now has a much heavier load to carry, and there's. Uh, and regretfully, there's such this paralysis of fear that has taken over with people that they've they've lost their trust in others and strangers. And I think it's our role as artists still to to bring that trust and love back to the people to realize there's nothing but to fear but fear itself. Well, as uh, uh, a good friend of yours and a man I had a chance to hang with two or three times. Pete Seeger, I remember him telling myself and uh, John Wesley Harding, we were sitting around playing the rehearsal before the uh, tribute to Woody Guthrie at Case Western University. And you know how Pete used to speak in that really great New New England accent? And he goes, no, now gentlemen, now gentlemen, I just want to remind you, if you're singing and you have five, maybe even ten people in front of you, make sure they at least sing along on one song. <laughs> you uh, So tell me about uh, the first time you met Pete Seeger. Well, I met Pete Seeger actually to the late Governor Elmer Benson, who was the farmer labor governor of Minnesota after Floyd B. Olson. And I was singing on the farm strike, the American Egg Movement farm strike, which eventually went on a tractorcade to Washington, D.C. with farmers and documented that entire trip. And anyway, I was singing at a, in Appleton, Minnesota, and there was, uh, there was Elmer Benson, who was very elderly, leaning on a cane, and I sang a version of This Land is Your Land, and he looked at me and goes, you remind me of Woody Guthrie and Pete Seeger. And I looked at him and said, how do you know them? And then I found out he was a governor, and then he told me, about the time when Woody and Pete came to Minnesota during the lumberjack strike, and they sang for the lumberjacks, yeah. right? And they, and they sang for the lumberjacks, and then unbeknownst to me, Elmer called up Pete Seeger and told him about me and said, "There's this crazy guy that's running around like you and Woody did." And when I arrived in Washington D.C. on a hundred-mile-long tractorcade, that was like in 1988, 89. I get a phone call in the strike office, and they, they say, Larry, Larry, somebody's calling you. Uh, his name is Pete Seeger. <laughs> and I get on the phone, and then Pete starts talking about him singing for the striking dairy farmers back in the Great Depression. And then he invited me up to his home. And um, 
and we became close friends ever since. And a matter of fact, the first time I played music with them was at the Prompt Center in St. Paul. They were doing a tribute for Governor Elmer Benson, and Pete flew in. I had just returned from organizing farmers in Tennessee. He saw me. He put me up on stage with them. And, uh, and, and, and when you're on stage with Pete Seeger, the room changes. Yeah. Seeing the world from the eyes of Pete Seeger fills one's heart with hope because that's what he was about. I mean, when he got on stage, I mean, he had, he had his dark side like all of us. And, uh, but he, he knew what his he, purpose and calling was and I he mean, abided by it. It kind of, you know, sounds like a, a cliche, but he kind of did teach the world to sing. I had uh, the great folk singer Dar Williams, who lives in the Hudson Valley, on my show a few years ago. And uh, she she lived right up, uh, not, not too far down the road from Pete. She told a great story about going to the hardware store one Saturday uh, to see Pete Seeger buying a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to listen to a song by my guest, Larry Long. This is called a I gotta, song he wrote called uh, Love Will Lay Hatred Down. Which actually fits into the um, whole thing of, about Pete Seeger, because I wrote Love Will Lay Hatred Down when I was on a Soviet American peace cruise down the Volga Mississippi River. And, um, and the chorus comes out of a Diné prayer, in the, um, but the last verse is a verse for Pete Seeger to this song, and it's and, it, and it's exactly about what we were just talking about with Pete, and specifically what inspired that was the Boise peace quilt that was made and woven and given to Pete for his work for world peace, and that's Let's what this listen. song is about. Love Will Lay Hatred Down by Larry Long, and then one more set with Larry on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. There's a woman from Japan Folding paper with her hand Singing songs of peace Teaching the young, teaching the old Teaching the world how to fold paper cranes of peace flying now There's a girl in the park Making lanterns to float across the river of Nagasaki, Hiroshima Day She lights a candle in the dark Hoping that it will spark Peace the world around Beauty before, beauty behind Beauty above, beauty below all around Love will lay hatred down Beauty before 
to share with the one he's holding tonight Kremlin wall Lenin's tomb change of the God a desert moon singing a song of love Beauty before, beauty behind Beauty above, beauty below Beauty all around Love will lay hatred down Beauty before, beauty behind Beauty above
Welcome back to the last set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. My buddy on for the whole night tonight, Larry Long. He's got a new record just re-released from 1987 called Sweet Thunder. Beautiful record. And he's got a big show coming up on January 13th. Uh, with his American Roots Review at the Dakota Jazz Club, downtown Minneapolis, 6.30 and 8.30 show. Tickets at dakotacooks.com. Larry, tell us a little bit about the show before we hear this last song off Sweet Thunder. Well, we got two shows, 6.30 p.m. and 8.30 p.m., and the uh, 6.30 is, is pretty close to sold out, but the 8.30 show still has uh, some good tickets. Plus, the second show tends to be the loosest and the most fun, but uh, with American Rich Review, this is a, our 10th year celebration of American Rich Review, a matter of fact, uh, and it got started 10 years ago with my buddy J.D. Steele and I, but on this show, we have Robert Robertson, Tanya Hughes-Kendrick, myself, Barbara Cohn, Billy Steele, drummer Michael Bland, celloist Jacqueline Alton, Jeremy Irvisacker, Fiddlin' Pete, Liz Draper, and Alana Dickinson Gabe Anikwad, who's going to be be opening the performance with a dedication to the water. So it's a very it's an exciting evening with a lot of really good music that moves from from rhythm and blues to gospel to old time fiddle tunes. It sounds like a wonderful evening of entertainment, Larry Long. Tell us uh, where people can track down the new re-release of Sweet Thunder. I think it's Sweet Thunder Bandcamp, uh, you know, under my handle, Larry Long. It's available, uh, unlike all the digital platforms, Apple, Spotify, you know, you name it, and you can download it and get it or stream it. Tell us, uh, number one, Larry, thank you so much for being with us, the first show of 2024. Uh, we wish you a lot of uh Good luck, a lot of love, a lot of record sales, a lot of good gigs in the upcoming year. I hope to see you in person one of these days. But tell us a little bit about the song Water in the Rain. We're not going to be able to feature the whole song, but it's um, you consider one of your greatest works. So introduce it. Uh, there's an elder by the name of Amos Owen who lived on Prairie Island on the Mississippi River from the Dakota uh, Mittawakanton community. And back when I was organizing on the Mississippi River, Amos would bring me into his sweat lodge, and um, and we would do ceremonies for for the Mississippi River and for the hope that one day it would flow clean. And Amos Owen is a direct descendant of those who were hung in Makato, Mankato, in 1862 by Lincoln's decree when there was the war between the Dakota Nation and the United States because um, because of treaty rights violations uh, and also. The Dakota people were starving, and, um, and the annuity, annuity payments were withheld because of the Civil War. So the war broke out, and there were going to be 303 Dakota hung. Um, but Abraham Lincoln broke it down to 38. It was the largest mass hanging in U.S. history. And Amos Owen wanted me to write this song. He asked me to write this song with him, and together we did. And you will hear Amos's voice reciting the names of the 38 who were hung in Makato back in 1862, one day after Christmas. Larry, thank you so much for all your great work. Good luck uh, at the Dakota Jazz Club, and uh, best regards for 2024. Thank you so much. I have great respect for you. Travel well, my friend. <laughs> 
Thanks, Larry. All right, Water in the Rain by Larry Long. Christmas time, think about those who have died crucified. In the city of Makato, Mankato. Back in the year of 1862, during the Civil War, Lincoln decreed the blacks would be free. But they hung 38 Dakota in the city of Makato, Mankato. And I listened to the rippling wind Blow across the island Listen to the elders speak Of the young ones a-dying Shall we die like the buffalo We ask of you, Grandfather Shall we run like water in the rain In the land of many waters Water in the Shakopee, little crow, big eagle Blanket pulled over their eyes beneath the churchyard steeple Twenty million acres of land sold As a rope of sand dangling from the ceiling In the year of 51 Placed on a reservation By the winter of 61 Dying of starvation Government gives the trader our money. Standing outside his doid grass, if you're hungry. Down upon the trader's life, death came without war. Die. 
big grass that very morning. Fifty years of robbery, fifty years of intimidation, fifty years of robbery brought a war between nations. Like the buffalo, we ask of you, Grandfather. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show is produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Patrick Lilia. We'd like to thank our guest, Larry Long. And for all you music lovers, also, the Cedar Cultural Center kicks off its 35th year with a special concert on January 12th featuring rock, reggae, punk, ska favorites, the Mumbler Bugs. You can follow me at paulmetza.com. My books are for sale at finer bookstores everywhere. If you're ever up in Duluth, I play at the Blackwater Lounge every Wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m. right downtown in the Zenith City. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy.